Hi, you're listening to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business, the podcast for trade business and contracting bosses like you and your partner who want to lead with confidence, make more profit, and create a better lifestyle. Are you ready to fast track your freedom and have some fun? With your hosts, fellow trade business owners and husband and wife team, Andy and Angela Smith. Hey there, tradies and contractors. Welcome to season two of The Tradie Show together in trade business. We had such a great time recording season one that we couldn't wait to get back to the studio. The Tradies Show soared to the top five business careers podcast out of hundreds, so we're super keen to bring you season two. As always, I'm joined by my fantastic wife and business partner, Ange. Together we own Dr. Drip and our education business, Lifestyle Tradie. Hey everyone, so good to be back. In season one, we were joined by so many amazing people and we learnt so much. One of the standouts for me was Mike and his profit methodology. It's pretty stupid really that we put profit last, hey, when his formula for putting it first makes so much more sense. Yeah, Mike was absolute killer. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around too how Kate Toon is so knowledgeable in SEO. That stuff just blows blows my mind. This season, we're rolling up our sleeves and getting stuck right in. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests from the editor of Men's Health magazine to Olympians. This is truly going to be a great season. Exactly. You've told us what you want to hear and now we're going to deliver on it. So hey, today we're chatting about cost cutting and I thought I'd get Andy to share his five key tips to cutting business expenses. What do you think about that, Andy? Ah, sounds great. Let's dive in. All right. If you've been in business for a few years now, you've probably accumulated a lot of expenses and it's draining your business. Plus, it's having a huge impact on your profit margins. So as a result, you're not making the profit that you deserve. Yes. Does it sound familiar, anyone? You know what? Most businesses have a bucket load of cash coming in, but it's going straight back out. And most tradies I talk to are really confused where their money is even going. Mm. You know what? Your overheads are sucking up your cash. Plus, in this day and age, we are a plastic society. So tapping credit cards to make payments and racking up costs seems normal. Mm. But the bad part about this is we treat it like it's a never-ending source of money. You do need to pay it back, sadly. Mm. What we've got to do is cut the clutter, especially if you want to start pocketing some real profit. You know, it all comes down to how your business is run and knowing your exact numbers. You'll hear me say it all the time. You need to know your numbers. So many businesses we work with, we cut up to $50,000 with one simple exercise that we teach. Yeah, absolutely. Trade businesses have massive overhead costs and for the most part don't need half the stuff they have. Or perhaps they haven't even looked at alternative solutions, hey, because they say, but that's how my old boss did it. Yeah, spot on, Ange. Imagine what you could do with an extra $50,000 in your back pocket. Invest it back into the business, buy a new piece of equipment. Stick it in your offset account for your mortgage or maybe upgrade your kitchen. (laughs) Yes, we need a new kitchen after our blue staffy piper decided to eat it. Yeah, I love her, seriously. But Uh, it's a crazy dog. We always say that just because your old tradie boss or your mate ran their business like that, it doesn't mean it was the right way for you to run your business. But that's not your fault, you know. You were taught to be a hero on the tools, not a business expert. So it's not surprising that you you've actually just tried to mirror what you've seen others do. Andy and I also learnt the hard way, but what you need to do is both be a tradesman plus a smart business person if you want to succeed. That's right, Ange. Let me tell you guys a story about my plumbing business, Dr. Drip. 
When I started the business, it grew fast, very fast. I had the best of the best equipment, the best of the best trucks, a huge warehouse with a big sign on the front saying, Dr. Drip. (laughs) We had a staff of 17, eight trucks on the road, you name it, and we had it. You know, this made me feel awesome because it made my business look so professional, and as a result, that made me feel successful. It was an incredible business, but literally overnight, I went from making great profit to losing a stack of cash every week. It was an absolute nightmare. I had no idea where the money was going and why I was losing so much every week. You know, I had a ton of work. The boys were booked solid and I thought I was making heaps of money on every job and I was at a complete loss. Yeah, basically we had way more money going out than coming in and that was a massive problem. Yeah, when shit hit the fan, I had to learn my numbers fast because honestly before that, I was just seeing money coming in the door, which made me feel like things were okay. You know, I'd never really sat down and gone through my numbers in detail. So I decided to start with my profit and loss statement. So I grabbed a ruler and a highlighter. I printed my profit and loss statement and went through it line by line, checking every cost to see where my money was going. I couldn't believe it. I had so much stuff in there that I just didn't need. It was crazy. I cut around $300,000 out of my business. Mm, Within a few months, we were making a profit again. Now, I know that sounds like we just waved a magic wand over the business and fixed it in an afternoon, but it wasn't really that easy. We had to make some really tough business decisions and take a good look at the business structure if we wanted to survive. Yeah, that's true. I thought I understood my numbers, but in reality, I absolutely had no idea. If the tradies wanted something, I just bought it. When I wanted something, I just bought it. Yeah, we had to scale back the business so we could get control of it again. It had snowballed and the expenses and overheads got so bloated that making these significant cuts at the time really was our best solution. Annie and I essentially stripped the entire business back to its bones and rebuilt it based on facts and not on Andy's (laughs) ego. Yeah. So for those of you listening, I can't encourage you enough to do this exercise of reviewing your P&L to see how much money you could be saving. So Andy, that said, in a profit and loss statement, what would you say are your top five things all tradies should be looking out for? Oh, uh, putting me on the spot. Uh, off the top of my head, oh, well, listen, I, I think number one would definitely be materials, you know, not being charged for the right things or being charged way too much. And I really have a problem with this at the moment. The cost of materials have gone absolutely through the roof. And it's always us tradies that seem to have to wear that cost. Yeah, materials are the biggest expense for most businesses and it's often what kills that gross profit margin. So what else? Oh, what I found was insurances. I found that your cost for your vehicle, business, office, you can talk about equipment hire, you know, maybe your team is lazy and forgetting to take the equipment back, you know, when you've got half day, full day rental, or maybe you should just consider buying the equipment yourself. And also, Oh, another thing would be subcontractors. You know, I see a lot of tradies using subbies these days and you've got to make sure you're getting bang for your buck. You know, are they overcharging you or maybe are they underperforming? You know, would you be better off to put a staff member on that you have more control of as well? And in general, overhead expenses. There are so many trade businesses out there that are just too top heavy and they have the wrong ratio when it comes to tradies versus admin staff in the office. You know, it also means mention renting a warehouse or a space and other expenses like subscriptions. Right. Great five points, Andy. I'd like to actually dive into them a little bit more, but first I just want to throw into the mix. 
What about marketing? What would you say about that? Well, marketing is another beast. You know, in your PL, you'll always be able to see what you are spending on marketing, but the PL doesn't show you the performance, you mm. know? And a lot of people spend an enormous amount of money on marketing, but they never track the performance to find out exactly how they're going. You'd have to have a look at your marketing stats and performance metrics to get a clear indication. I know it sounds boring. I can hear everyone yawning right now, but if I saw you every Every day and I grabbed $50 out of your back wallet and I picked it up and I threw it on the ground, you'd be literally wanting to punch on with me, <laughs> you know, but that's essentially what you're doing every single day in your business if you don't know your stats. Yeah, exactly. I know it sounds tedious, but when you've done it and you've saved yourself 10K, 30K, 50K, it won't seem so boring then, right? <laughs> so break your PL down line by line and question everything. So for instance, let's have a conversation about insurance. So many of us just renew out of ease, I suppose, but insurances creep up. 100 bucks this year, 300 bucks next year, because they're literally banking on you just continuing out of making it so simple. So uh, check this out for sure. You can say that again. The insurance companies are always looking at ways to charge you more. Yeah, right. You also mentioned overheads too, like subscriptions. I feel this is another one that creeps up. Also in our personal lives, there's so many apps and websites, programs that help us these days. 50 bucks a month here. 150 bucks a month there. And when you're reviewing these costs in your P&L, you need to question it. Are you actually even using them all? Or do they all have a purpose? And can you maybe combine some of them and maybe cancel some of those subscriptions? Yeah. And another bonus tip is to look for things out of the ordinary. You know, you can compare your P&L month on month or year on year, Mm. because sometimes you can see obvious differences and trends. So if all of your monthly expenses, for instance, are normally 2K for petrol and all of a sudden at 6K, there's clearly something wrong. You know, this allows you to do some research and find out what happened in that month and why had it blown out so bad compared with past months. Because if you don't know, you don't know and you can't forecast or allow for it in the future if you haven't taken the time to understand why this month was a blowout. Yeah, so true, Andy. Let me move you on to materials because materials is probably the most considerable expense in a trade business. So it makes sense to focus on this line item. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yes, I definitely can. You know, even though it's one line on your P&L, it's a massive one. And for starters, do you even currently check your invoices to ensure you are getting charged the right rates for your materials? Do you even know what they are? Could you be getting a better deal elsewhere? You know, or are you losing money to human error? Yeah, human error is something I think a lot of traders overlook. We live in such a computerized world, hey, and we just think that everything is 100% correct, but we don't even think about that human error part. Exactly. And we we absolutely should. You know, human error was a big one for me back in the day, especially with our suppliers. You know, if you're not going through your supply invoices, there's a bloody good chance at some point they're double or triple charging you. You know, I can't believe the number of times this has happened to me. You know, they always tell you that the managers will keep an eye on your account and fix it up. <coughs> but let's face it, that's crap. <laughs> so many of us do no checks of the invoices and just pay every month. But if 
you only stopped to look, you'd be surprised about what you found. Yeah. So tell me more about that. What have you found with supplier invoices in the past? Well, we were working with a supplier and who we just felt at the time was pretty good. You know, until I started going through my P&L and I saw a huge spike in my materials costs. I thought, I better have a look at this closer. I realized that we had bought 10 items on multiple occasions and where they were only 10 units purchased, but we would charge for 100 units, you know, that is a massive difference. And on top of that, we're also getting charged for other people's stuff, other companies putting stuff on our account, which got me really angry. Yeah, I never saw that one coming. I still remember the time I questioned a hot water service on one of our invoices. I didn't remember the company buying it. And it turns out one of my tradies on a Saturday had gone to the supplier, bought it for his own personal job, but just happened to forget to tell me about it. Mm. You know, when I called him on it, he said, I was going to give you the cash for that, but it was over a month later, I dare say, I don't think I was ever going to see that money. If I hadn't checked and questioned the guy, do you really think he was going to pay for it? Uh, Probably not. (laughs) I don't think so. You know what? It was our fault, though. We never consistently checked the supplier invoicing and references it back to what our tradies were being handed. You know, often they'd rush in, they'd just collect the order, and they would be out the door. There were so many opportunities for us to cross-reference and ensure what goes out and what we paid for was what we bought. But we just didn't have these systems in place. Now we have this process fully systemized so we don't get overcharged or charge for other people's stuff. You know, make sure you check out our show notes and we can show you the exact process that we use. Sounds tedious and you know what it can be, but you're the business owner and if you don't think it's essential to what you're spending, then no one else in your team will either. Yeah, that's a great point. And if you're not watching, you can't expect your team to be watching either. You know, what's on your trucks is another excellent place to see where you could cut some costs. You know, consider the value of the stock that's in your trucks right now. You know, we have a stock checklist that shows exactly what shouldn't be on the truck and what should be on the truck. This ensures we only have around $7,000 worth of stock at any given point. So can you share why that's important? For sure, because your team can get out of control and just keep buying stuff for the sake of it. You know, Mm. like you said before, if you're not checking, I guarantee you they're not either. It's laziness. They don't check the truck because it's not their money. They think it's okay to have five extra of one thing just in case. And it's so frustrating at times. Plus, when your trucks are overstocked, things get lost, damaged, or just chucked out. Mm, Such a waste. Yeah. Many trade businesses have never operated with a stock list. And as a result, they've got two to $4,000 of extra stock on the back of their truck because of this just-in-case mentality. Mm. And if you times that by five trucks, that's potentially $20,000 that you could cut down easily. Wow. We understand that when you're trying to do everything in your business and be across every single thing, that huge cracks can appear and you probably don't even know about them. That's why it's essential to find time to review your spending and look at your P&L. It has to be done consistently. And then what we need to do is build some systems around what needs to be done to ensure that you're saving money and not throwing it down the drain. 
So, Andy, in your top five things, you also mentioned the business might be too top heavy. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, I definitely can. And I think this is a real big one. You know, there are so many trade businesses hemorrhaging cash because they have the wrong ratio of staff. You know, like, do you need three office staff when you only have three billable tradesmen out on the road? Or would you be best to streamline processes to remove the need for the extra staff? You know, we need to be thinking smarter. Yeah. What we find is that some trade business owners have too many staff because they don't have their business model right. They've got no structure, no streamlining, and hence double or triple handling work. And speaking of staff, what about subcontractors? Yeah, subbies are an interesting one. And I think the big thing I mentioned was, are you checking their invoices? Because you've got to make sure you're getting bang for your buck. And if they put the go slows on, they need to be pulled back into line. Otherwise, you're better without them. Or maybe you're better to consider employing someone full time. Yeah, right. So another area you mentioned was warehouse and storage sheds. So this one can get a little out of control too. It's one thing to need a warehouse for your boys, but have you stayed longer than you should because now the tradies only visit once a month? And is a warehouse an absolute necessity for your line of work or is it vanity and maybe ego. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people think having a big warehouse is a sign of success. And sometimes you feel you need it because, oh, I need the space. But do you really? Mm. You know, often they're used as dumping grounds. And let's face it, it's certainly easier to dump leftover stock and materials at a warehouse than take it back to the supplier. And then you're stuck with it forever. You know, you justify it by saying to yourself, you know, I'm going to use that one day. I might use it on the next job but it's funny how the next job never comes around or whenever you do need it the warehouse is just so far away that it's like ah, oh, can't be bothered going back there so you just end up going to the supplier and buying more what a merry-go-round this one hits home for us we had this huge warehouse in the middle of our tarman which is basically the heart of sydney but It'd be fair to say that we stayed for way too long, even when we knew that we should have given it up. The effort of moving just seemed daunting. Yeah, it definitely did. When we stayed for two to four years longer than we should have, I reckon. Yeah, it was costing us 60k a year. And when we reviewed our P&L, it was a cost we totally could have cut and put the money back into our pocket. And I'd definitely put my hand up and say it was my ego that made us hold on to it for those extra years. If we'd cut the year, we realised it was costing more than it was saving. We could have saved almost 250k. Mm, ouch. That so hurts when you say that out loud. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I understand, though, that it felt like a success to have it. And I, I guess it's hard to let go of something that makes you feel important and accomplished. But looking back, it was the wrong decision to hold on to it for those extra years. It was an overwhelming feeling to change. But in, in reality, it was a change that we needed. Unless for you guys out there that you've maybe bought your warehouse in your super because that's a really smart wealth creation strategy for a trade business owner. So, Andy, we've covered so much in episode one. Should we do a recap? Yeah, I'm in information overload. Okay, so tradies, here are the key things you need to do today. The first thing what I want you to do is get a copy of your P&L and go through it line by line and question every cost. Then I want you to use Andy's top five things to look at. I think he mentioned insurances, materials, overhead expenses, equipment hire and subby rates. And three, I really need you to ditch the ego and make your business decisions based on fact. 
If you think your business is losing more money than it's making and you don't know why, then perhaps now is a great time to fix this once and for all by booking in a chat with Andy. Use the strategy session link in the show notes and together you guys can work out a way to reduce the costs in your business. So that's a wrap for us today. Next week, let's get some hours back. This is something we hear all the time from tradies. We've never got enough time. Well, guess what, guys? We're going to solve this problem once once and for all. Yep, that's right. Tune in next week and learn exactly how to gain back four to six hours in your week. You're going to love it. This season, we're sharing some of our best trade secrets yet. Tune in at 5am Monday because we're dropping new episodes weekly. Subscribe so you never miss a thing. See you again soon. Catch you then. Subscribe to The Tradie Show, Together in Trade Business Now, wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Rate and write us a review or check out the show notes at lifestyletradie.com.au forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hell yeah. Yeah.